Preachers, Pastor Kevin Kev here with another sermon, another episode, and today I'd like to tag this one, when it's time to leave. Uh, players, when it's time to leave, coaches, GMs, what kind of factors do you go into what's the next step or where am I going next? That's just, you know, everybody go through that. When it's time to leave, when do when you know it's time to go to the next job or when is, when is the time to uh, branch out, uh, so to speak? So again, to my first point, um, since the no, the College Four has been announced, uh, where Georgia and Ohio State will be looking in, um, you have Oklahoma playing Alabama, and then you have uh, Notre Dame playing Clemson. So now you see a lot of teams or a lot of players deciding to skip their bowl game, uh, like the Belk Bowl or the World Championship Bowl, the Holiday Bowl, all these bowls, they just hear from money, the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of crazy little bowls. Uh, but it's like, it's just very, very, really, I mean, really dumb, um, especially for players who go into the draft uh, in April. So they have to go through the combine, pro days, all to get ready for this, this wonderful, life-changing dream job that they have. So think about how many times in school you had to take the final exam. And the teacher says, well, you don't have to take it because it won't affect whether you pass the class. But if you do take it, now it can affect you, especially if you do wrong, you know, do a bad job on it. It can lower your grade, but you could do really great on it and it could bump your grade up. So you're taking a risk. So what do you do? Why would you take it? And for the NFL players who are leaving, you know, seniors or, you know, juniors, not playing their bowl game, they had to decide not take the exam. And why would you? You see what happened to Jalen Smith a couple years back, torn ACL. Now, granted, he's in a perfect spot now with the Cowboys, but at least he was going for the championship. He was on, he, he put Notre Dame on his back and he was going for the championship game to win it all. And this before the college playoffs. Now, let's look at the list of players. Will Greer, quarterback from West Virginia, number three on the quarterback board. He has decided to skip the bowl game. Nikhil Harry from uh, Arizona State, receiver, number two receiver on the draft board. Ed Oliver, D-tackle out of Houston, projected top 10 pick. Debo Samuel from my South Carolina Gamecocks, receiver, projected a second round, third round pick. Kelvin Harmon, receiver from NC State, projected a first and second round pick. Greedy Williams, cornerback from LSU, projected top 10 pick. Rashawn Gary from Michigan, D-tackle, projected top 10 pick. Noah Font, tight end from Iowa, number one tight end on the board. The list goes on about how many players are skipping, right? As you see, none of these players are from Oklahoma. They're not from Bama. They're not from Clemson. They're not from Notre Dame. What are you risking? I mean, you're not going for a championship. You're going for the Holiday Bowl. You're going for the Duck Bowl. You're going for the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl. I mean, yes, you can fight with your brothers one more time, but why are you? Why would you risk that? Tell you, ask yourself that. Why would you risk that for yourself where this job, this particular job, makes millions? Remember when you're in college, you're going for 
one thing, and that's to prepare yourself for the professional life that you choose to take in college. For example, doctors go to med school to become doctors. Same with you, you majoring in uh, criminal justice to eventually become a lawyer. Same for engineers and same for teachers, etc. You go to college with it to prepare for the next step. That's the same thing for athletes in their college, preparing for that professional step. So why risk it? So I don't want to see a lot of backlash of he's not he's not, he's not a team player. He's not going out there and playing in the bowl game for what? That's so dumb, especially when a chance it can hurt you. What if you don't show up in that game? Now you give scouts, you give GMs, a lot of teams reason to back off. Oh, well, he doesn't rise to the occasion. Look, look at the bowl game. He did nothing. He two catches in 20 yards. We're all season long. And previous seasons, you worked your butt off to get to that first or that top 10 pick or to that second round projection. And now I'm just supposed to risk it all away for on one game. That doesn't mean anything. Keep in mind that it does not mean anything. If I win the bet bowl, what does that get me in life? You might get a ring and a t-shirt and a hat. And you get memories, okay, whatever. But I don't, it's not really important to the next goal in mind, which is the NFL. And you know what the NFL stands for, not for long. So we're not going to give reasons why Noah Font can't block defensive ends, why Rashawn Gary can't get off double teams, why Kevin Harmon can't uh, route run the whole uh, route, uh, receiver tree, why Debo doesn't have the, the speed of Tyreek Hill. Don't give the reason why Will Greer is not accurate as somebody like Jared Goff. We're not going to give the we're not going to give NFL any more reasons to knock me, and that's why they're not playing. So, it's time to leave. You played your heart out to get to the, you know, the position you're in, and oh, it's not a championship. So, uh, let's go on. You see what Nick Bosa did early in the season? He got hurt one time. He said, "You know what?" That's it. I'm done. And you can't blame him for that. And for those players, they're not Oklahoma, Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, so why stay? All right, for this next topic of knowing when to leave, I'm back here with my guest from last week, What the Hunt with Rashad. Um, So, no, no one went to leave, you know, college coaches, NFL coaches. Um, one person I want to talk about real quick is uh, Scott Frost. So, for those who don't know who that is, he was – two years he spent at Central Florida as a, you know, as a head coach. He went 6-7 and seven the first year, and then the second season went 13-0. and, uh, 13 and 0. You know, that, that whole, you know, debacle about whether they should have been in the college playoffs or not, and they went ahead and smacked Auburn and proved that they were elite. Uh but that offseason, he chose to go to Nebraska, which was his alma mater that he played for Nebraska in the uh, early 2000s uh, or late, the, late, uh, the late 90s where he won a championship, I, I believe. Uh, but he went back to Nebraska, and this year he was only 4-8. So my question to you is what, what do you think he, his, his reasoning for going back to Nebraska? Because, you know, they, they've been in the Big Ten for a good minute now, um, and – Four and eight, he that's you know that's not a good you know starting season. I know it's college football, so you, can, you gotta get your guys in there. 
but do you think you know he thought he could maybe turn around his program to get back to his you know his winning ways? Oh, oh, what kind of factors you think went to uh, his his decision making? Uh, well, first off, thanks for having me back, man. Uh, in the topic, Scott Frost, I think he made a a good choice. Uh, the reason I think he made a good choice is because a job like Central Florida, he was what maybe six and seven, seven and six his first year there also, and then he kind of yeah. got the thirteen zero season his second year, and he took the Nebraska job. I think that's that's the timeline is right. So I think he made a good choice in taking the Nebraska job because one. Is his alma mater, and everybody wants to see their alma mater doing good. And the second reason I think he made a good choice is because at UCF, a team like that, when you go 13 and 0, there's uh, that type of school, there's a ceiling on those type of jobs. So 13 and 0 winning, what was it, the Peach Bowl, that's kind of the pinnacle of that job. Now, obviously, we've seen what they're doing this year with another undefeated season on the way, but he kind of picked the right time to leave because having that kind of success is hard to replicate that. So he kind of had to go ahead and leave at his peak, peak value. And like another example of that would be like Urban Meyer because when he was at Utah, he went undefeated. Then he went to Florida. So those kind of schools, those jobs have a ceiling on them. You have to leave when you're at your peak. I mean, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it's for, of course, it's a, it's a power, you know, power five conference. So, but it's like, is is going to a sorry, uh, uh, I would say. Well, let's take let's take the fact of it being his alma mater because that's probably why he went. You think that kind of stepping stone is good when you you know going from a uh, you know not not a power five conference, but you are an elite team, going to a you know a struggling uh, Big Ten or a struggling SEC or maybe a struggling Pac twelve, uh, you know going go there and trying to you know bring what you had there to to that to that program. Well, Nebraska is, even though they haven't been winning in the last few years, they are still considered one of the perennial powerhouses amongst the college football community. So uh, that's that's a, a factor in itself. It's just the name of Nebraska. That's a that's a powerful name in college football. And, of course, when you bring into the money factor, he'll make more money at Nebraska. Um, it's your alma mater. And you get a bigger – variety of recruits to choose from too because at UCF think think about the schools that are in Florida. There's Florida State, there's University of Florida, there's Miami. Then you still have other smaller schools like Florida Atlantic. I think that's where Lane Kiffin is. You have people like that also compete with you for recruits. So Nebraska, granted I'm not sure if there's many too many people who play college football in Nebraska, but he, he you're on a larger scale and you're competing in the Big Ten, so you're on a larger scale to make more of an impact in the in the football the football realm. All right, makes a lot of sense. Uh going to the NFL world for a guy who decided to stay, uh Josh McDaniels. Uh we know he had he had you know he had previous stints in Denver uh, as head coach and he had an OC um of the Rams which didn't work out too well. Um, but you know, in New England, he finds success, and he's been successful there. And he chose not to, after being hired as the Indianapolis coach, uh, coach, coach, he chose to, I guess, renege on the deal, and uh, he backed out. And now, you know, he's back into being a, a hot uh, candidate again. Uh, so, you know, but I, I, I think I think Robert Kraft might have been in his ear and tried to give him a deal about you know you might you'll be the next New England coach or something. So stay, but. And you take that out of it. Uh, give me a reason why you think he backed out. 
Well, number one, you rarely get to coach a guy like Tom Brady. So if you're not – even though Andrew Luck is talented and he's younger, coming off all those injuries he had, he didn't know what kind of job he was walking into. So that's, that's one reason. And you don't get a chance to, to coach a guy like Tom Brady so often. So the Colts, outside of the Peyton Manning years, they really haven't won a lot. I mean, they made the playoffs with Luck, but – when you're with the Patriots, that is a perennial winning situation with probably the greatest quarterback of all time. So it's hard to leave that for a situation where you don't know how this guy's going to bounce back off of the injury. And the Colts, they were, you know, they weren't really drafting well, but we kind of see now how their offensive line drafting, you know, drafting for that position is paying off. But at the time, the Colts were kind of like one of those franchises where you didn't really know what. What they were, if I look at the uh, the Chuck Pagano thing and then uh, stuff like that, how they handle him. So you have to think about those kind of things when you're taking into account relocating your family from the New England area to Indianapolis. You have to look at how you're going to leave the greatest QB of all time to go with somebody who's coming off of multiple injuries, and you don't know what this guy has left. So those kind of things would definitely factor in for me. All right, so speaking of factors, so we're going to go into a little game uh, where we're going to uh, go back and forth for for our our main factors as if we were the coach um, in in the NFL or in college rankings um, about what we would decide, you know, what would our factors we're going to leave, choose to leave. Uh, So I'm going to let you go first, and you tell me your – give me like four four to five factors that you think you you would determine your uh, decision-making. The first one is going to always be the job fit. So that could include – the if it's college athletic director, if it's the NFL, the owner, things like that, um, that's the main one. Also, the location. So you know, is it Florida? Is it Boston? Is it Nebraska? Is it California? So location will play a part. Um, and really, the third one is how much control I have over everything. Because you know, with college, you get to do all the recruiting and things like that. Um, but as far as like NFL wise, you have stuff like a guy like Belichick, he kind of has some say so over player personnel, or we're talking about football, but just an example like NBA wise, how guys kind of get to be the coach and GM, something like that. So, how much control do you have over the success of your program or things like that? Do you get to hire your own assistant coaches? Do they, or does the ownership want to pick those coaches? So, things like that, those are my main three. I really don't have a fourth one, but. You know, if it came down to something else, it'll probably be deciding them between two jobs, like something small like that. Okay. Um, and for my factors, uh, yeah, location location is one of my top uh, – I think that, like you said, that, that it points out to a lot whether you're in college or in the field because in college it's about recruiting and in the field it's about luring for agents. Um, can you can you do that with, with the city you're in or the location that you're in? Uh, and especially in the field, depending on where you're at, uh, the NFC North or the AFC North, kind of, kind of, you know, deter where, where I'm going to go. And I know this is a crazy factor, but my opportunity, my opportunity to dominate. And the reason why I say that is because, like Jasper Daniels or like Scott Frost, where they was at was a good situation. Uh, you know, Scott, you know, like you said, the Scott, you know, whether he reaches peak, you know, or not at Central Florida, you know, if you know if he goes, you know, 13-0, and then this year they're undefeated again, that for those guys who don't don't get Alabama uh offer or get a Georgia offer. Oh, I'll go to the Florida and I'll go undefeated. Um type type stuff. Um or McDaniels leaving Tom Brady. So I, I my factor would be do I have a chance to if I go there win? Um 
because I want to stay there for a long period of time, especially, like you said, uprooting your family and moving there, and especially in the new environment. Uh, and then probably my last one would be the current roster, because even you alluded to it. Uh, Colts, you know, they didn't draft right. Well, they didn't draft well at the time, and uh, the new GM has you know, done a good job with this, this, uh, this rookie class that just came in. But like I said, is my quarterback good? Is uh, my offensive line? You know, how much do I? How much work do I have to tackle? Especially when you know college NFL, you only get but two or three years for the fan base and uh, everybody get mad and and really want to go ahead and get you out of there if you're not performing at a high level. Yeah, especially so, with college. Yeah, like college, you have like a two year window because those aren't your recruits. So after that second year, you're kind of starting to get on the hot seat if you're not winning your third, or fourth year. <laughs> right. So yeah, I, I want to make sure my current. If I'm walking into it, that's why. I, a lot of coaches, as you've seen, get fired from Cleveland because they didn't they didn't walk into a great situation, and you know it just you, you just you flame out really fast, and now it's on your resume that yeah you got fired, you couldn't do anything. Yeah, um, I think I think Cleveland fan base is a little impatient too. Some of that's impatient fan base, and they have the right to be. I mean, the team's been pretty abysmal to say the least the last <laughs> the last decade or so, and then you have to think about. Also, um, ownership too. Sometimes GM and ownership can, you know, push somebody out too soon. Very true. So with these with these factors, you know, we have two NFL job openings right now: the Green Bay Packers and uh, the Cleveland Browns. So with these factors that we talked about, I, I guess we can say which one we decide on. Um, so you know, for us, so let's, we both have locations. So let's tackle the location of Green Bay and Cleveland. Um, Same. <laughs> they're both. It's, they're both terrible, cold. Winter, you no know, terrible wintertime places. <laughs> uh, far as fan base, Green Bay has a more loyal fan base, but I think Cleveland is a pretty loyal fan base because they're even when that team's losing, people still show up to the there. games, yeah, things like that. So, I think, as far as like fan base, they're pretty loyal, but as far as like winning right away, we, we both brought up that. Uh, it kind of depends on what you look at because, as far as the Green Bay one, Minnesota isn't going anywhere for the next three to four years, the Bears are up and coming. And if Detroit was to maybe rebound next year, mm-hmm. that division's pretty tough. And on the Cleveland side, the Steelers probably big Ben's window, maybe two more years. Um, who else? Baltimore. They're they're you know, they're kind of rebuilding and retooling at the same time. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. What, what do you think about Cincinnati? Man, Cincinnati trash. <laughs> Cincinnati, Cincinnati is they done man. It's, it's over. Like Cincinnati, it's over. <laughs> you know Cincinnati. I, I, don't, I don't really never know what you're gonna get with them because you have three and one, four and one start. Then you flame out, or you have some years where they get the ten and six year knockout for the final playoffs. So uh, Cincinnati's one of those teams I really don't know. So. If we're gonna say situation wise, I think it's still even because if you have Aaron Rodgers and you have a young defense and you draft well, you can be back at the top of that division in the year or two. Next year. Yeah, you're right. All right, so all right, so how about how about um, you know, the current roster? Um, you know, obviously the Aaron Rodgers to Baker Mayfield is, you know, not not even up for debate. Um but look, let's look at like the I guess the offensive side of weapons. Um Cleveland has Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson. Uh, Browns signed Landry to a long term deal. They got Njoku. They got Callaway, who like he's a promising uh, young receiver. And on top of that, they have the cap space. Uh, I think I think that you know for NFL that matters a lot. It does. Um, and then Green Bay side, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. You know you got an old self, old old self, and Jimmy Graham. But you got the two rookie receivers. Um, so as far as like you know, a surrounding talent around your quarterback. I, I'm pretty 
I don't know. It, it, it might be the same too. Uh, I think roster. I'm gonna probably go even because it hasn't panned out yet. But Cleveland has, in my opinion, kind of been slowly hitting more on like draft picks and things like that because they have people like Jamie Collins on defense. They have Miles um, Garrett on defense. They have. Uh, I think he'll be good. Jabril Peppers on defense, and you already mentioned all the offensive talent with Chubb emerging, Landry being a a high volume catch guy, and Baker. Uh, I know he's been compared to Drew Brees, but I don't that, that 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 would be his ceiling. So you know, if he hit that, of course that's great. But I don't think he'll reach the Drew Brees level. But he is a very accurate thrower, and he he does kind of have that vibe around him that he rallies the troops around him. So. Right. I think uh, roster-wise, it's probably even because Packers have comfortable talent. You have a, a veteran in Aaron Rodgers, but you have the Baker Mayfield upside with the correct coaching. Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, both the young emerging guys. Devontae Adams, young emerging receiver. So, uh, And they have young guys on defense like Alexander. So I'd say roster is probably even. And then and I know for one of my factors, I said, how, you know, how long could I – how long can I see myself there? <laughs> and with the history that we've seen with Cleveland has, I might not be in Cleveland too long. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, Green Bay really doesn't fire the head coaches. Um, I mean, McCarthy's been there for, what, 12 years? Yeah, McCarthy, and, he, was, he, was, yeah. he was there for a while. Yeah, 12, 12 years, and he made the playoffs nine times. So his, his, you know, his success led him there. So now, now, what, now how hard is it to turn around, you know, that Browns team with, I think, Hugh Jackson and John Dorsey have been a great job now because this is probably – the best, um, you know, the Browns have been as far as when a job opening come. Like, you, the, now the quarterback is you good on that. Like, you don't have to fix a lot for the Browns now. Now you just got to spend. Now you got to spend money. You know. Yeah, I, I think the uh, last few years the Browns' problem was they were they were drafting terrible. The quarterbacks, yeah. I I, I seen something where it's like the last like it's like ten or eleven quarterbacks in the NFL that play with the Browns are all backups right now in the NFL. Like it's it's a long list of them. Yeah, I, I thought I, I, I thought terrible. that was crazy. I thought that was crazy. You can't drive all them guys and or even you know sign them and and you realize none of them none, none of them are the guys um to for your franchise. So I, I guess I mean I think I think the cap space would sell me more on Cleveland. So I guess with my factors, you know, with the roster being the same, location probably being the same, and your opportunity to dominate probably the same. That the cap space is probably going to drive me to go to Cleveland. Uh, far more than me driving myself to uh, Green Bay. But the thing about cat space is you can have it, but it's about what you do with it because Cleveland oh, is not exactly the situation where guys are just like jumping on the wagon like, yo, I got to get to Cleveland. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like guys just aren't, you know, adamant about going to a place like Cleveland. So, I mean, if we're just going to say all things equal. If you have a Cleveland job with, with cat space and you have maybe like the Jets possibly with cat space, I'm probably going to choose the Jets over Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I probably choose the Jets over both these teams as well cuz it's a big market, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Cleveland, location, yeah. Yeah, Cleveland's not exactly the place where people are going to be, man, I have to get to Cleveland. So, and they also right. have to balance out thinking, okay, we have there's this guy on the fringe market, we want to sign him, but at the same time, you don't want to lock yourself into a three-year, $45 million deal, and a guy only has maybe one year really good left, and then he falls off the wagon in the second <laughs> year. So it's about how they use it, too. Right. All right, so let's go on to the uh, next part. And we're going to just 
I guess kind of guess the other NFL jobs that should be available at the end of the season. Um, I got, I think I got seven teams for you. Seven teams. Uh, you can eliminate the ones you you don't think that they will change. Uh, but I'm going with the Jets as one. Yeah, I, I think Todd Bowles. He's he's done a good job with the years he's been there, but they're probably gonna move in a different direction after this season. Uh, what about the uh, Jaguars? I think Jaguars will stay steady, and the reason being because uh, Coughlin he's not, he's I don't, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to want to overhaul everything. I think the coaching is okay. It's okay. just so, they they did the the Bortles contract, and that kind of ruined their that kind of tanked their season because the defense didn't believe in that guy. I mean, he's putting defense out there too much. So I think the coaching is fine. It's just the offensive side of the ball, the quarterback. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I I I'll take Jags off. Um. Do you, do you think they'll fire him? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think I think if they go with a different quarterback and they had the same record they had this season, I think he's gone. Uh-oh. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, what about the dumpster fire in Cincinnati? They're unpredictable. Uh, Marvin Lewis has sustained 15, 16 years in Cincinnati with up and down. Seven, seven years too many. Yeah. Up and up, <laughs> up and down to to up and down success. Um, I would go with he. He may he may step down, and I think they'll. Okay. I think I think they'll probably give Hugh his job. I don't think they'll fire him. I think it'll be more of Mar- 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 Marvin steps down, and then Hugh would probably assume the the job. I, I think when Hugh left, that kind of messed up the Bengals' plan anyway. Because I thought Hugh was always going to be Marvin's the, guy when once he did leave. Right. Okay. So Bengals stay in. Uh, what about the um? The Buccaneers, yeah, Cutter's out. He he has to. Okay, the, yeah. the the Bucks are probably gonna blow the whole org up. They're gonna probably cut ties. With everybody, 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 Cutter, Jameis, <laughs> everything. They're gonna probably blow everything up. Uh, what about the Broncos? Uh, I know Van Joseph was a hot seat last year, um, and this year I guess he got an excuse because of injuries. But um, do you think John Elway can go a different direction? I think Elway he he's a strike me as the kind of guy who would make a rash decision. So I don't think if he doesn't see kind of like the Matt Nagy there, or if he doesn't see somebody who can, well, I'll just use my rule. I won't. I won't say what I think he'll do. I'm gonna use my rule. If I can't upgrade from this position with what's on the market this year, I'll just stay the same. I'll just stay the same for one more year and hope something better comes up next year. Okay. So I think Broncos would probably stay the same. But they probably they, they they probably should move forward. But at the same time, you don't want to just keep. Keep up, changing up the roster yeah. because they really haven't had the best QB play. They start out kind of slow, kind of start to pick it up. You trade Thomas, Sanders goes down. But they do have highlights, and you, you found Lindsey at your running back. You still have a few more years of Von Miller, and they probably start drafting to kind of replace some of that secondary. So right. I think they should probably – if you can't upgrade, stay the same and just try to hope that next year something better comes available. All right, two more. Um, that'll be the Redskins. Jay Gooden's probably out. Um, just because they haven't really done anything noteworthy. They've been seven and nine, eight and eight, nine to seven most of his tenure there. And I think the the organization botched the Kirk Cousins thing. They should have signed him back. Right. Uh and then for whatever for whatever reason, uh, Baltimore Ravens. That that's a tough one, um, but I can see it going either way. I can see it being uh, John Harbaugh uh, steps down because 
they've changed some things internally as far as like Ozzy, he left, and uh, we know Flacco's probably on the way out. So Harbaugh, he may step away, or they should keep him just to kind of see them through the transition of Lamar Jackson and things like that. But who knows? You know, it kind of depends on what the uh, the ownership probably what the ownership decides on that one. All right, so are we going to, we're going to do a scale of one to five. Um, one being probably not likely to consider, and then five um, strongly considered for some of these hot, you know, hot candidates that's on the market right now for the Jets job, Redskins job, Bengals, and the Bucks. Um, so we have John Harbaugh, or let's say Ravens fifty fifty, so Ravens as well. Uh, we got John Harbaugh on the list. Uh, John DeFilippo, Vikings of his coordinator, Eric Behinemi. Uh, I can't say his name. Uh, he's a Kansas City offense coordinator. Um, Dave Tao, special teams coach for Kansas City. Bruce Arians, who said he wants the Browns job. Uh, Josh McDaniels, of course. And uh, Matt LaFleur, the Titans um, offense coordinator. Um, so for the Jets, in my mind, I think the Jets need to follow the, the blueprint of the Rams and of the uh, Bears. As You have a defensive coordinator, head, defensive mind head coach to get you this, this way. Fire him. Now you get the offensive guy. To, to like set the future, like you got you got your Sam Darnold now, so let's work on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I'm thinking, you know, if I'm Matt uh, Matt Lafleur should be should be looked at heavily. McDaniel's, DeFilippo, and Eric Bieniemy, um, those four candidates I think should the Jets should strongly consider. Um, and if I had to pick one, I think um, I mean I, I don't see why Justin Daniels would turn it down, but you know he don't want to play Bill Belichick two years every year either though. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think McDaniel's would take the Jets job. It, it, it's not enticing enough for him to take it. Um, for the Jets, I would probably say Matt Lafleur should be a candidate for it, and then I would probably go with. He's not on our list, but a person who I think should take the Jets job would be somebody like Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Mike he, McCarthy, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he's not on the list, but I think he should be the person that takes that job just because of Donald's a young guy who would be open to listening to what McCarthy does and things like that, his tendencies, his play calling. He'll be open to that kind of stuff. And then they do have other talents. So, you know, if they can maybe sign a Le'Veon Bell or draft well, the Jets could – they won't run the Patriots out of the division title spot. But, you know, they could start to go from a 4-5 or five win team to a 9-7 and seven team. And as Darnold and McCarthy build more rapport, they could probably – Moving to that ten and six, eleven and five win win season. Yeah, if 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 I'm the Jets, I'm giving DeFilippo a one because um, waiting over the Vikings this season is not is not good enough to get them a head coaching job, in my opinion. But hitting me for Kansas City, I probably give him like a three or four because he got the end Reed tree. You know, that's that's a very strong uh, root. <laughs> and Reed got so many head coaches in the field right now. And if I'm at, yeah, Matt LaFleur, man, you got to give him a five. Five, along definitely. With, <laughs> along with Matt, Matt uh, especially with uh, and uh, McCarthy, a five as well. Um, moving to the Redskins. Um, so, that Jay Gruden, he's an offensive guy. You know, uh, the defense is coming into his own. So, I don't know if I, you really need a defensive-minded defensive coach. Uh, probably a, probably another offensive guy, the way the league is going. Um, I can see Matt LaFleur getting a five here. Uh, McDaniel's probably the one because he's not gonna leave them for the Redskins. Uh, maybe, maybe Behinemi, you know, maybe he wants he offered that challenge to go to the Redskins. I'm not sure because uh, with no quarterback in place, you know, this would <laughs> this would take a miraculous um, guy guy who can who can come in and 
and be very dominant quickly because, you know, with no direction at quarterback, I don't know what they would do. Um, for this job, I would probably say – you probably think he shouldn't get a job, but um, DiFilippo, I think he should probably be in consideration for this job just because of – I can't see anybody else offering it to him for one reason. So I think he should probably take it just for that reason, <laughs> if it's offered to him. Because I think the Redskins are in a situation where their their team is stuck in flux. And I feel like for any league, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, you either want to be really good or you want to be really bad. You don't want to be in the middle. And I think the Redskins are in the middle. And they should probably try to get somebody who can just kind of hold just like a stopgap for them so they don't just plunge to the bottom bottom. Because they do have some decent talent. So that their defense will kind of help them be – Six and ten every year, so I think probably DeFilippo, or if they can draft a quarterback or sign somebody at quarterback, uh, because you know, sad thing for Alex Smith, and ever since then they just been kind of just churning through QBs all the rest of the season probably. So they can maybe steal somebody like a Jameis Winston from Tampa Bay, sign him, and you can get DeFilippo or. Maybe get you a guy like a Jim Caldwell, you could probably be okay. Oh yeah, that sounds good. Uh, Bengals, we probably we probably assume that's going to be Hugh Jackson, Hugh Jackson um, job, um, just for continuity concern. But in my opinion, I think the Bengals need a, a complete overhaul. Uh, everybody, I think everybody needs to go. Um, as far as front office wise and, and down, they all need to go. In my opinion, that that just to start fresh because. I don't think they're going anywhere no time soon. I think they're going to be the fourth place team this year, and that's even the, even uh, worse than the Browns. Uh, so if I if I choose them from off this list, I think they would need I think they would need somebody like uh, Dan Campbell, uh, the Saints tight end coach. Uh, the reason being, he he already has um, he already has head coaching experience when he was the interim coach for Miami uh, back in 2015, and he's a Bill Parcells guy. So you know how Bill Parcells get down. He'd been on the Sean Payton for a long time. He know he knows what success looks like, and that's the kind of guy I kind of want in my you know to if I want to start over, know somebody who and you know and let him grow. Um, that would be my idea. I don't think Hugh Jackson would would be beneficial for for the Bengals. Yeah, from our list, I don't think anyone on it takes the Cincinnati job. Cincinnati is like a family, as most are, family-run organization, and they usually they as we can tell from. Marvin Lewis's tenure, they don't make rash decisions of, you know, they don't succumb to media pressure. Oh, he's been here this many years, no playoff when he should go. They don't succumb to that kind of stuff. So I don't see any way that anybody on our list even gets offered this job. I mean, of course, <laughs> of course, if Lewis is fired, they have to go by the Rooney rule. But that's where Hugh Jackson comes in. <laughs> so yeah, go ahead, go ahead, knock that out. Yeah, yeah so that's what that's what yeah. he comes in with the Rooney Rule, things like that. And then I think it's his job because he's kind of always been groomed by Marvin, and Hugh Jackson would kind of just fall into the same mold as Marvin Lewis, somebody they they're familiar with and they probably have some type of continuity and trust with. So, and the Bengals don't just strike me as the type of organization that just prioritizes winning as a New England or. Pittsburgh or, you know, a Denver would, somebody like that. So I think, you know, Hugh Jackson would just take that job and he could probably have a six to ten year run as well. All right. And last but not least, the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. My thing about the Bucks is they tried to be the Rams and the Bears when you fired defensive court, you know, defensive minded coach and Lovey Smith 
and then hired, you know, the the hot shot offensive guy and Derek Cutter. But what they failed to do was get the defense right. <laughs> because you see the you know, even though the Rams, you know, they're not elite elite at defense. They had Aaron Donald, they had the linebackers in place at first. Uh, they had Michael Brockers, you know, they got they had the Tremaine Johnson before he left and they had uh, Lamarcus Joyner. So they had guys, the Bears had guys in place. Uh even though, even when Todd Bowles leave would get fired from the Jets, they they got guys in place. Tim Bay, they only they only had Jeremy McCoy. And they had um the linebacker name, um Levante David. Outside of that, they didn't have anybody. Um, and you know they passed on Derwin James this year. They passed on Mika Fitzpatrick. Um, so I think they did it wrong. They, they did it wrong uh, by firing Lovey Smith. Uh, so I think they probably, if they move on from James Winston, um, like I said, I think they need a guy like a John Harbaugh, like a Dan Campbell, somebody who can, who's a like you know like that, that that nonsense type of guy who can bring a culture change immediately. Um, and, you know, John Harbaugh, defensive guy, too. And I think he's a real good um, organizer, if that makes sense. Like, he, he can organize, you know, and puppet each, each side of the ball, how, just like how the Ravens are. They, like, the Ravens really never fell off. Either, they always either be good or to be great. You know, it, it, that, that's their little window of uh, opportunities. And I think John Harbaugh can do the same thing anywhere he goes if he, if he is relieved of his duties. Um, other than that, nobody else on his list, which uh, scares me, because uh, Bruce Aarons, he already said he wanted a Brown job or not. So and I don't see McDaniels going down to no Tampa Bay without no quarterback. So um, if I had to give anybody a job, maybe Matt LaFleur can look at it if he can keep James Winston. Otherwise, that, I don't know. Yeah, I don't see anybody on the list that would probably take the Tampa Bay job either, unless it's somebody who just wants to be a coach real bad. So like the, the guy from the Saints, maybe. Because they have, what, Jerry McCoy, and I think uh, – JPP got hurt, and I think Brent Grimes got hurt. Those are and they they drafted uh, Vita Vea from from the draft in the Washington, draft yeah. for, for defense. So those are the only guys I can think of on the defensive side of the ball for them. So they probably need to start drafting more for the defensive side of the ball, and probably build the O line up just a little bit more, and then uh, maybe well, get a, running maybe, maybe, maybe get a quarterback <laughs> too because I think I think James is done there. And I'm not sure how much they believe in Peyton Barber or Ron Jones, but they're both so young. So, who knows what they think about those guys? Now, to be honest, Tampa Bay would be a perfect opportunity. Um, you know, it, in my opinion, because you got to think this offense is is really good. Um, and if I was to be the head coach there, obviously I'm not taking it unless I keep James Winston. Uh, um, even though his time might be up, but if I'm that if I'm that you know type of coach who I can. I can handle that. I can handle him, and I can make sure I can mold him better than what he had been in the past. This Tampa Bay job is is kind of like kind of tasty, uh, especially if you're an offensive guy, because you can't you can't tell me that this is not one of the best maybe receiving cores in the game. Um, I, I, like I say, you really just need the offensive line to be better, and the running game can take off because that's 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 their really problem right there. Every time they can run the ball, it seems like Tampa Bay is fine, but they always playing catch up. So that defense. So it's a, it's a pretty interesting job, I think, especially in NFC South where Drew Brees time is, is limited. Uh, and then, you know, Atlanta and Carolina are so up and down that, you know, in any, any given season, you can take off and get 10, 11 wins. But that, that's kind of the reason why I wouldn't want this job because this division is so up and down every year. There's a new division winner. The one year, whoever was up is down the next year. So I'm not sure <laughs> – so that right there kind of creates flux as is because you can have you can come out of the gate year one eleven to five division title in the playoffs 
and then year two, three, and four, you're eight and eight, seven and nine, five and eleven, and that could be based upon injury. That could be based upon just the other teams are running the table, anything like that. So that that right there makes this job unattractive. Now, location wise, Florida, that's great. Um, they'll probably pay good money for this job, but you know, just opportunity to win. What we talked about earlier, the opportunity to win. The Saints probably have another two-year window with Drew Brees. Uh, the Falcons have uh, a prime Matt Ryan, prime Julio Jones. Uh, who knows what happened with their running backs over the next couple of years? You know they signed Freeman, but Coleman could be out. But the Falcons, they really haven't drafted bad. So I don't. I hate Jordan teams, but I don't think the Falcons are going anywhere. <laughs> and uh, Cam Newton, he's in his prime. Ron Rivera has shown what he can do with with the uh, the franchise. They have North Turner now. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he's a he's a beast. So I don't think the Panthers, even though they've been sinking the last few weeks, I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, you know, they can always be an eight and eight to eight and eight at minimum to eleven and five win team. So. You're looking at third place, maybe, if you don't have a QB yeah, hey, or a good defense. And that's the reason why these guys are getting fired, because they're in that position. So, I mean, because think about it, really, you know, Jets, you got the Patriots on your way. I think the Bills are a better team than Jets. They're in the way um, for the Redskins. Uh, Eagles just come off a Super Bowl. They'll, they'll, they'll bounce back. And once Giants, get a, once Giants get a quarterback, they'll bounce back. Cowboys still there. Uh, even the Bengals, like we said, Steelers not going anywhere. Uh, the Browns on the upcoming, and then of course you know the the Ravens, along with the defense, can still you know John Harbaugh is still there. Then you know they're not going anywhere. So it's it's like it's kind of it's kind of your, your your little balance of acting, trying to find out trying to find out which which one is the lesser of the two evils, I guess. Yeah, there are just some jobs you know based on talents you already have and that opportunity to win. Is some jobs they're just going to be hard to to take. Now, if you, of right. course, if you're elite. You can get any job and probably make it elite, but I think at some point situation does play a part in how elite you can be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, because if, if you're in the division with the Steelers and the Ravens, the Steelers are probably only your real true competition because the Ravens, they, they've they never really prioritized the offensive side of the ball. They always focus on more defense. So if you have a a comparable defense with a better offense, you can surpass the Ravens and somebody like Cincinnati, a team you never know what you're going to get year in and year out. You can surpass them. So you're at worst possibly second in your division. So I prefer a job like that. I mean, I don't like the cold weather like that. So if I'm deciding between like a Cleveland <laughs> or a Cincinnati and a Tampa job, I would probably still choose Tampa just because of the weather, uh, you know, financially wise, no, you know, the no state income and tax, all that kind of stuff. So a job like that becomes more attractive just based upon those factors, which is what we're talking about, just what factors do you value the most? So it's like, do I want to go to a job where I could probably win more? Because even in a division like NFC South, you still can win. It's just how sustainable is your winning going to be. You are, right. Make a lot of sense. All right, that's all the time we have today for uh... – I appreciate you for joining me again today. Most definitely, man. Uh, We'll be back next week with the episode. Preach, Kev, Preach. We out.